My guest on episode nine of Off the Floor is April Monet. She's the founder of AM Elite PR. She's a public relations expert, a mom, and she turned setbacks and a stint in the lingerie football league into her own successful business. What happens when you combine business, pop culture, and at least five analogies to ballroom dancing? You get Off the Floor, a podcast to help you get to that next step in your career or your tango. Here's our host, Chris Lionel. Okay, cool. So I'm talking to April Monet, and uh, she is in the world of public relations. And uh, April, if you had to describe the elevator pitch to what you do, what would it be? I would say basically what we do is we help professional athletes and entertainers with their branding and marketing and gaining exposure for what they're doing and anything they have coming up. Then we also um, help them set up charities and foundations, nonprofit organizations, and give back to their communities. So just generally speaking, that's pretty much what we do. That is so cool. And so you're part of, of an agency now. Is this your agency or are you working yes. for an agency? Yes, this is no, this is my agency. So I've had it myself for about two and a half years now. Congratulations. And so that's a, yeah, that's a, like a big step. So when did you feel like that was the next move for you? Is that always something that was like in the back of your mind that you're working towards? Um, it actually wasn't. I actually, when I started school, I went for sports medicine and this, and because I was an athlete growing up myself, um, I ended up playing after college, I got into the lingerie football league. Um, and I was playing lingerie football and we had a publicist for our team and she was always having me, you know, go on appearances and, and do things. And she was kind of, you know, building the brand for the team. And I always thought it was really interesting what she did because she also worked with professional athletes and entertainers. And so I just kind of asked her just my love of sports and everything. Um, you know, can I just intern with you? Can I just learn, you know, kind of what you do and how you do it and see if maybe this is something that I might be interested in. And so I did and started interning with her that I ended up working for her, um, worked for her for about five years. And then finally, you know, it was was ready to go out on my own. Do you know what is so weird is that I also play for the lingerie football league. And uh, so, yeah, do you, you know, I thought the name (laughs) sounded familiar, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, you know, what's crazy is it's funny. I, I was also an athlete and uh, until I had an injury and that's what got me into dancing. So what was the point for you with sports where like the road kind of shifted for you? Yeah. When I was playing, you know, I told you I played growing up and I had three ACL surgeries before my freshman year of college was even over. Wow. <laughs> um, from playing basketball. So yeah, I didn't have very good luck in the knee department when it came to sports. And then playing football, I actually ended up injuring the knee again. Oh no. So after I did that, yeah, it was kind of like, okay, it's time to maybe just hang it up. <laughs> now, was a lot of your identity kind of wrapped up in that persona? And then was that like tough to make that decision? or was it an easy decision? It very much was because it's really hard when you, you know, you've played sports all your life to just give that up and try to be something else. So yeah, it was. But then when you look at it, you know, from the other side, everybody knows you can't play sports forever. So if you have, you suffer a lot of injuries or you just have bad luck, I mean, you have to have something else to be able to fall back on and why not have it be still around something that you love, you know, and be able to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I hear here to that. So I think your first answer, it had so many things like loaded in there. So tell me what was the sequence of events and how much coaxing did it take for you to say, you know what, I'll do that lingerie football league. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I would probably say it would be becoming a mother. 
Okay. Um, when I had my first child, um, because you know it, everything changes. Then you know life, like you look at life completely differently. That in between time, that span between the time I quit playing basketball and the time that I started playing football, I went through a major depression. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life because I didn't know what else I wanted to do other than play basketball. My dream was the WNBA, and if that didn't happen, I was going overseas. And so you know, I started playing football, and then it's like, oh, okay, uh, I really like this. I don't have a passion for it like I had for basketball, but dang, now I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so it wasn't as hard to give up though, but I think that last injury and then having my daughter, it was just kind of like, okay, uh, this is enough signs. <laughs> yeah. I can totally empathize with the post injury kind of post identity shattering depression. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then it was it was a fluke sequence of events that got me into dancing. And that was kind of like your version of the football, you know, so that's so cool that you found that. So tell me about yeah. what was the woman's name that you were working under? It was LaCheryl Smith. She has L Group PR. So she takes you on. Uh, you did the smart move by just interning with her. And then, mm -hmm. and then what do you feel like she taught you outside of just like the day-to-day -day operations that really kind of got you passionate about this line of work? I'd say we were about a year and a half in and she was working with players from the Dallas Cowboys and one of those players was Des Bryant. Oh, cool. um, Des Bryant was actually my first kind of account that I really worked on and we did a lot of things with him and just you know growing the throw up the X brand and his success in general. Of course when we really started this was this was about six, six, seven years ago and it was when he was going through that. He was in trouble a lot. We'll oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it seemed like the whole Cowboys was team was in trouble a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So um, there was always something to do. And it was just, it was really interesting to see how she handled it and managed it and how we could take, you know, a, a negative of his and try to turn it around into a positive. Of course, it didn't, it wasn't always successful, <laughs> uh, but we did, you know, we did, we did what we could. And over the next couple of years after that, you know, just kind of watching, even just with him, because he was probably the biggest player on the sports side that we represented, just watching him grow and the events that we did for him and watching his brand grow and how, you know, looking at where he is now. I mean, we were with him all the way up until he went with Rock Nation. I got to see all that and learn from that. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. We can actually take a player and change the way people see that, you know, change their opinions of them just by showing them in a different light, you know, and trying to bring out their positives and show people who they really are, you know, what they really stand for. Oh, that's so cool. So then <laughs> how much of the work that you guys are doing is kind of like, uh, how would, what's lack for a better term, conflict resolution, or maybe, uh, you know, problem crisis management. That's crisis what we call it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Crisis management. That's what we call it. Okay. And then are you guys um, writing helps. speeches and, and things like that? Or how do you take that on? So it kind of depends on the situation. I mean, if it's something where, you know, we've got a player that they got arrested or something like that, a lot of times the team PR person will actually put out that statement for the team will help the player with his statement. Some still try to, you know, they, they don't take our advice and they do it on their own and then that blows up in their face. But yeah, you know, we will try to help. So now what's something about like, let's take Des Bryant, like if you had to pinpoint something that you really felt like, you know what, like we did this for him. Was there like an attribute or something or something that you felt like he stood for that you really felt like you guys had a big part in being like the catalyst for that? He loved giving back to the community and he loved kids. And we did a lot of events for him where he did events for his community, uh, whether that be turkey drives on Thanksgiving, you know, when he hands out free turkeys, youth camps with kids, 
going to schools, going and visiting, uh, you know, homeless, uh, giving away clothing items, things like that. Uh, we had a, a big hand in that. And those are the types of things that, that when I do do those things with my players, that make me feel really good about myself, too. Oh, that's great. So let's talk about now you kind of shifting into your own agency. And so, um, so when you made that transition, was that, was that a, a scary leap for you? Was that something that you did? Oh, very. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that's very scary. Um, because even though I had watched it and been around business, it still is running your own business. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into that when you have to control and keep everything organized. Um, not to mention, I thought, okay, what am I going to do for clients? <laughs> you know, how, how am I going to go get clients? How am I going to keep clients? And luckily through relationships and networking um, that I had built from working with LaSorel and through L Group PR, I had enough and made enough contacts and connects and through word of mouth. I had, I picked up clients fairly easily and I've just been blessed so far that I haven't really had to beg for clients or really go out like that. Like, you know, I, yeah. I can find them pretty easily or they're referred to me or they find me um, through word of mouth and things like that. That's so great. So from a business standpoint, you know, I can definitely relate with the fear and then also just the excitement. And so was there a turning point where you really felt like, I feel good, this is happening, like the reality really clicked? You know, I don't think I've got there yet. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm still looking for it. Um, no, it's definitely, I definitely got it right away as far as it's happening. Because like I said, I was, you know, blessed enough to be able to pick up clients right away. So I've stayed pretty busy and, you know, I'm right in the thick of it now. But I still have, you know, I still have goals for this business. I still have dreams to grow it, you know, bigger and expand into other areas and, and all kinds of things. We're still working on it. But yeah, I, you know, it's so far so good. I've, it's been a blessing. So speaking of like goals, like, are you hoping to do more like on the entertainment side? Or are you hoping to just expand to different like sports leagues? Like what, what are some of your goals? Like not getting too specific if you don't want to. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. All, all around actually in entertainment. Yeah. We do want to do more stuff with entertainment. Um, we've worked with entertainers in the past. Uh, we've worked with Layla Ali. We've worked with Wesley Snipe. Um, we did the Tribeca Film Festival. It was the, the center movie, the center yeah. focal point movie centered around Tribeca Film Fest. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to do more and I want to expand into other sports. With all my passion for basketball, yet I don't have an NBA player or a WNBA player. So, <laughs> you know, I would definitely love to have a basketball player on, you know, on the roster um, as well as, you know, even baseball even. So there's some things that we're looking at um, expanding into. So out in the sports world right now, who is somebody, and you don't have to name names if you don't want to, but who is somebody that you would really love to work with? You know, off the top of my head, I would probably have to say Blake Bortles. Okay. All right. How come? I'll tell you why. I have a client on the Jaguars team, Jadon Micken. Okay. And Blake, you know, Blake's the quarterback. And I had a chance to get to know Blake while I was working with Jadon. Just in talking to him and some of the things that he's passionate about and things that he wants to do. I think he's so underrated for one and two, if he had the right team to help him build what he wanted to build, that he would be one of those people that you, you would remember him for more than just football. You remember him for what he did for people off the field as well. He has a big heart and he's a very humble person. Those are the type of players that I like working with. Not to mention like the guy all season, like his own fan base was turning on him from, from like game one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and just how resilient that guy was. And then the fact that he got into the playoffs and then he's 
that one game where he had all those rushing yards, I, I was like, where did this come from? Yeah. That's a solid pick. I think he is one of those guys that can kind of get overlooked just from an athletic standpoint, but it's it's neat that he's got yeah. things going for him behind the scenes. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does, you know, next season, see what happens, what they decide to do with him, the Jaguars next year. He's got a lot of potential. Definitely. Well, it sounds like, I mean, from what I was reading, it sounds like they're endorsing him as their starter for next year, you know, but, you know, that doesn't really mm-hmm. always mean a lot. <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> so, um, so you just, you were just at the Super Bowl, right? So what, what were you doing over there? Yeah. So basically just, you know, networking, hanging out. Unfortunately, we didn't have a player in the Super Bowl this year. Came close. Okay. <laughs> With the Jags, we came close. But now we were just up there attending events. Networking, we attended Lee Steinberg's party. That's always a good time every year. And, uh, of course, the NFL honors. And then the Super Bowl itself, man, that was a great game. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't sure how it was going to be, but that was yeah. a great game. Can I just be honest with you? I only just now, last night, my one-year-old woke up in the <laughs> middle of the night. And so I've started to do this ritual with her where I'll just put on, if there's a Warriors game on the DVR, I'll put that on and we'll just watch it while she has a bottle. <laughs> and so, and she was still wired and I don't know why it happened, but, um, so we, so I had never, I hadn't even finished watching the Super Bowl, So I didn't even know, I knew what, what oh, the wow. final score was, but I had never seen the final right. plays with that Zach Ertz touchdown and everything. And so, uh, so I watched yeah. it literally last night. <laughs> <laughs> so now when you're doing an event like that, I'm sure that in your industry too, you've got to just be present at a lot of those things. What's the mindset? Are you going in there with like, we're going in there and we're going to talk to these five people, or is it just kind of like a, a just a lot of meet and greet and business cards and stuff like that? Well, you know, to be honest, I don't think I've ever gone into an event that I've just gone to with a plan as far as I need to talk to this person, this person, and this person. And that really kind of goes back to me being blessed enough to not have to really go out looking for clients. You know, I've stayed busy enough that if if they want to come on board, hey, that's great. But when I go to these events, I usually just, I'm talking to people, I'm talking to people about the clients that I already have. Um, You know, a lot of times there's brand rep at a lot of these events. You know, they always have their eyes and ears open looking for what player, you know, maybe can endorse their product or what they can do a deal with. So I'm really just kind of feeling people out and just, just talking because you never know when you start talking to somebody what you might find out, you know, who they know that you might know or, or what they have that could be, you know, beneficial to you as far as what they might do and then what you might could do in turn for them and things like that. This is all, I'm like geeking out right now because secretly from years and years of playing John Madden football and franchise mode, I've always wanted to know the inner workings of the behind the scenes and the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, hopefully we're trying. I've actually uh, been speaking to the writers of Madden and hopefully we're going to be getting a publicist story in the story mode on Madden oh, um, cool. coming up pretty soon. So um, I was talking to the writer. I was like, you know, there's a lot of women behind the scenes in football, publicists and agents and managers and things like that. And they said, yeah, you know what? That, that's true. So, you know, we've just kind of kept in touch and been talking about possibly writing in a publicist story and mm. some other women characters and having to hire the right publicist and look at like what right. they're, yeah that's so cool I love that if you had to think about like a moment where where you had to really maintain your composure anybody that you've met where you really had to tell yourself okay stay cool so and so is right in the room <laughs> 
You know what? Actually, I haven't. Fortunately, I have, I have not had to do that yet. There might be somebody coming up, but if I ever see this person at an event, some words might be exchanged. But I did an <laughs> event for somebody here in L.A. for a big, it was a big charity event. Uh, we were um, raising funds for the children's, a children's hospital, children's cancer hospital. And hundreds of, of people in, the, in this venue. And I'm running everything, got my headset on, running around like crazy, doing it all by myself, actually. And I hear over the radio security in my ear telling me that they have a situation downstairs with a homeless lady that was, I guess, walking around the venue. And they, you know, were asking, you know, what should we do? Should we, you know, take her out? What should we do? And I said, and the event that we were working with actually a food event. Oh. So it's food everywhere. Yeah. So basically, I guess she was walking around eating. Well, the food is free. Of course, you had to buy tickets to come to the event, but the food, you know, is free once you're there. So I said, try not to make a big scene about it. I said, maybe quietly, we'll just keep an eye on her, make sure she's not bothering anyone. But it's hard for me to you don't want to just turn away a homeless person, you know, because they're there and they're trying to get something to eat. Right. Um, as long as she wasn't bothering anybody and nobody in the venue had a problem with it. As a matter of fact, the event was about 10 minutes from being over. So she's downstairs. I guess they, they did have her and they were going to go ahead and, and escort her out because the event was closing anyway. The person that was doing the event came came into the middle of the room where all these guests and people are and is screaming at the top of their lungs, not not at me, but at the rest of at security to call the police immediately uh-huh. and have the lady arrested and taken off the property and just, I mean, making an entire scene about it. And this person had some alcohol from their own event. So... I, you know, I was trying to calm them down, like, you know, hey, let's not make a scene. There's media here. You know, there's everybody's looking at you, you know, security's handling it. Let's just take her out quietly. The event's almost over. Well, then that person decided they were going to turn around and come at me. And, oh, you want to let this person ruin my event? Okay, well, B-I-T-C-H, you're fired. And we're talking about, like, in the middle, you know, everyone's looking. I mean, people's mouths were just, like, dropping. But funny thing was, is everybody's looking at this person like, you're the problem. Like, you you know, you need to calm down. Like, wow, how could you? And like I said, this event was for a children's hospital. So there were also, like, kids and children there. Um, Like I told you, I have, I I am a mother. My three-year-old was there. This person wanted, you know, everyone's kids and families that was working, they wanted them to come along, you know, come and support the event. Well, my three-year-old is, you know, yes, I'm, maybe I'm a little biased, but she's very cute. And <laughs> she has a very outgoing personality. And theme for our event was Alice in Wonderland. So we had actually Alice and the Mad Hatter from Disney come to the event and they were walking around taking pictures with guests. They just were all infatuated with my three-year-old. Alice and the Mad Hatter had her in front of the red carpet and they were uh, putting on a tea party for the media. Um, and they had a couple other little kids over there with them. So when this person did this then and said that to me, then they turn around and say, and I don't need your child wandering around ruining my event either. Oh, man. Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> but when you talk about my child... <laughs> Uh, Mama Bear comes out. <laughs> and so I took my uh, headphones off and I didn't throw it because I thought, you know, I'm just going to keep my composure and handle this professionally. So I just took my headset off and I politely set it on the table and I didn't say a word. I just went over and took my daughter by the hand and we walked out of the event and I just left them with it. Wow. Oh, so, that is a story. Oh, my. I can only imagine if 
I'm, I'm trying to imagine how you're responding. And then when you said the thing about the daughter, I'm thinking if that was my wife, there'd be blood spilled at that moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was. There was. Yeah, you talk about my child, you will trigger some buttons. Oh, yes. Wow. That, gosh, if people only knew, I mean, all the behind the scenes stuff can easily go unnoticed because it's, mm-hmm. I mean, we put on events too. And it sounds like you're essentially putting on a wedding every single time you put a, a charity event. Yeah. basically so what's one thing that you wish more people knew about the work that goes into an event like that that there is no time clock (laughs) there's no hours there's no office hours you are up at two and three in the morning because you can't sleep because you have anxiety about, did I call this caterer? Did I confirm uh, this delivery? Did I do this? It's time consuming. It's really, it's not hard work. It's just time consuming. Wow. And I've even had some players like, oh, you can't do this in a week. Uh, (laughs) no. Now it's time for rapid fire questions. So first one, what's the thing that you like to do when an event is all done? Like I, I'm going to totally unwind and do blank. What is it? Having a glass of wine, watching some TGIT, Shondaland. <laughs> <laughs> all the shows that I've missed because I've been busy planning this event. So I, my DVR is always full. All right. What is your comfort food? What would it be? Ooh, I love ham. Ooh, honey glazed ham and mashed potatoes and baked macaroni and cheese and gr- soul food. Let's just say soul food. <laughs> okay. Can I just tell you? So my best friend's family is all from New Orleans. So I would go to their house every Sunday and we'd have soul food. Like I just took it for granted. Oh, yeah. Soul I food Sundays. Oh, my God. <laughs> the best. And then I had, I did have chitlins once and it's now been my, <laughs> how his, his family has established my street cred in the soul food community as they said you know how I ate chitlins one time yeah you're definitely legit you eat chitlins (laughs) I know and I'm not saying that I enjoyed them but I did it just because I knew what was at stake (laughs) (laughs) okay what uh, what's the last movie that you can remember seeing that made you emotional a wonder Oh, I have not seen that yet. My wife watched it. Yeah. Was it really good? It was so good and such a good lesson for youth and kids. I think it should be shown in school. I think every school should show it, to be honest. That's so good. Last one is, have you ever had a dance moment? Like if you could redo it as like a really great dancer, what's one (laughs) moment in your life that maybe you wish you could do over again? I'll have to say a draft party. About five years ago, Broncos player, well, he's a Broncos player now, but he was a player that we had that was getting drafted. And when he got drafted, he was going to sign with us to become a client. So we did his draft party and the media was there, of course, when they were getting ready to... uh, you know, show his phone call. And when they did, I did this, call it the happy dance. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing if I was trying to do the, oh, the, like the little boy from the little giants where he going to touchdown and then he put his finger up and then he did the the legs where he, oh, yeah. um, with his knees kind of going, that, like the Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that and I banged my knees together. <laughs> <laughs> And it hurt and I fell and I was like, oh my God. So I'm pretty sure they got that on camera. And yeah, I would I would go back and redo that one. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Because nowadays that that would have been viral. Absolutely. You described it perfectly too. There's uh there's <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see that. Awesome. Well, if you had to think about our audience, you know, we have a lot of people that are professionals from all walks of life that have like stepped out of their comfort zone and they've decided to pursue learning how to dance, right? And so yeah. thinking about about like that transition and how far outside
light of what their strengths are, what would be like one message that you'd want to share that you feel like you could kind of identify with for our audience? Well, you know, like I said, I did not start out wanting to be a publicist in this industry at all. So that was a complete and total 360 for where my dreams and aspirations were. And for me, it just kind of goes to show that even though you might have a plan for yourself, God's plan is always bigger and things are going to happen the way they're supposed to happen. And don't get discouraged if they don't happen the way that you wanted them to, um, because you never know something bigger and better might be coming along. That's so well put. I love it. We've all had our share of bad chapters. The difference, and in April's case, that chapter doesn't define the autobiography. I want to thank April for sharing her story, and I want to thank you for listening to it. Stay tuned for more episodes from this podcast called Off the Floor.